And it's not just about the credit. It's about the fact that some things are not meant for you to take outside of people's culture. And it happens to our culture all of the time. Welcome back to the Joy, Color, Impact, and Dogs podcast and another episode in our Dealing with Whiteness series with Dr. Lynn Marine Hurdle and Justin Hurdle Price. In these conversations, we're diving into topics around racism and living in a white world, which inevitably crosses into white supremacy, white fragility, and all these terms that are getting thrown around a lot now as so many more of us white people are waking up and trying to become useful allies in the fight to have more of us be actually anti-racist instead of just neutral or quote unquote nice white people. And these episodes are really important to me because I feel like there's so much that happens in this conversation where there's just a total lack of understanding. And especially as white people, our feelings and our defensiveness gets in the way before we get a chance to truly listen. So my aim with bringing these conversations to this podcast is, first of all, you know, the core of this podcast is about color psychology. And I don't think you can be a white person having a conversation about color and completely gloss over the topic of race. It's just, it just would not be acceptable to me um, to be in that place. And I think there's a really interesting, you know, there's some really interesting symbolism here in the ideas around color and around whiteness, which is why I chose the name Dealing with Whiteness for this series, because I feel like white is not something most white people will self-identify as. We will certainly identify other people as black or brown, but we don't necessarily self-identify as white. And that's because people don't put us in our own communities in that category. But all the other communities in the world who are not white do have a collective for white people that we seem blissfully ignorant of. And our ignorance of that collective and the behavior that is common among that collective is a big part of the problem. And one of the really simple places to start in that conversation is the language that we use. You've probably heard the terms like microaggressions, which is a really good way to describe little things that white people say that are deeply offensive to people of color that we think are either nice or neutral, and they aren't. And it's a total lack of understanding. And the reason from my understanding that so many BIPOC people get frustrated with this is because our ignorance, our lack of knowing about this is a privilege, right? We don't have to educate ourselves because we live in a white dominant world and we can just float through doing whatever we like while everyone else has to conform to us. And again, that's something as white people we don't really understand because that's the beauty of privilege, right? We just, we don't have to know because it doesn't really quote unquote affect us. So one of the repeating things that we'll do here in this series is we'll talk about words because language is so important about how a lot of meaning and emotion gets conveyed. And the word that we're going to talk about today is the word woke. And I feel like this episode is essential listening for anyone who has ever uttered this word. And I certainly have. Like, 
you know, I usually do it with air quotes talking about wokeness culture. You know, the left claims to be woke and the right uses it as an insult, you know, normally ascribed to the quote unquote liberal elite. But it is a word that white people need to stop using, period. And today we're going to hear from Dr. Lynn and Justin exactly why. We're going to dive into the history of the word and what's happened to it. And I hope this will help give you a little understanding of where there is a lot of frustration, a lot of rage, a lot of hurt and grief, and a real feeling of a lack of safety, which is a reality for most Black people in America anyway. Um, But this is one of those words that becomes a real warning flag for Black people around you if you are a white person using it because it fundamentally shows that you don't understand if you're calling yourself woke. So I'm just going to hand it over (laughs) to um, Dr. Lynn and Justin here to help us unpack this a little bit, look at some research, and have a really in-depth conversation about the word woke and its meaning and its history. And I hope you find it really eye-opening. I know I did. Dr. Lynn, Justin, welcome back. Good to see you. What's up, Nick? Good to see you. Hey, thanks for having us back. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so excited. If I could do nothing every day but have these conversations with you, I would be a very happy <laughs> I'm not going to lie, we agree. <laughs> we love having the conversations, yes. Oh, so We're good. about... Okay, so... We've got a big one today, and I know, like, we've talked about uh, talked about doing this topic a couple of times, and you guys were like, "Not yet." <laughs> I need <to> know. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it'll be really interesting to unpack why um, this is a big topic. Yeah. Um, coming from my point of view, which is always that sort of you know asking the dumb questions. The reason I really wanted to talk about this topic is because it was one as several of the others have been that surprised me when I was in on the matter of race and I learned about what we're going to talk about today. And like many of the topics we've had so far, it centers around a particular word that has been used and misused and appropriated and completely destroyed (laughs) by white people. So the word that we're going to talk about today is woke. (laughs) And I would love, I hear deep breath, sighs already. Um, (laughs) In a minute, I'll, 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 I'll share with you what the internet says when I did my dumb girl research about the history of the word woke, but just quickly, some first impressions, you know, when, when we bring up the word woke, when I'm like, Hey, let's talk about it. Like, what is, what is the first thing that's like crossing your mind? The first thing you're feeling when, you know, this conversation is imminent. I feel like it never should have left our community because that's where it, where it was. Uh, I certainly, I feel like it should What are the feelings? Lie. How does it feel? Uh, like, feelings, there's feelings, a lot of feelings. Yeah, feel, feelings. That's a good one. What do I feel? Frustrated and uh, annoyed. Yeah, frustrated and annoyed. Okay, that sounds a bit gentle from the vibes I'm getting from you right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll keep it polite. We'll keep it polite. I mean, today, I mean, when you asked first, should we talk about it? The feeling that came up for me was disgusted. But today, I'm just like frustrated and annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How about you, Justin? Very, very uncomfortable. 
honestly very unsafe hmm. um, when I hear that word, very offended. I'll get into this a little later, but for me, that's now a slur, mm -hmm. um, especially when it comes to talking about dismantling racism <laughs> and, you know, really being about something and acting on something and not just using this word as a safety net to try to distinguish yourself as essentially, you know, as close as you want to be uh, one of us you know, without taking on any of the burden, the problems, the the emotional roller coaster that comes with being a part of this fight in whatever system you're trying to fight it in. So for me, you know, for me, if you use that word as a white person, it's, it, it is immediately a trigger that I have to be careful of how I move around you. Mm. Because clearly you think not only that you've done more than me, and I'm not just saying that being a black person in this country and you know, but I actually work in this field of you do the work. <laughs> do the work. This is my job. It's my career. Like actually, um, your job. Of, right? And a lot of times when I hear this word, I hear it from people trying to, from a defensive standpoint, when I start challenging their lack of knowledge or their lack of care towards this type of topic, which is my life and my livelihood well, then it becomes as, well, I'm woke. So I don't know what the problem, like, you know, I'm not like these other white people. Like I'm, I'm woke. And it's like, well, in fact, you just saying that. Clearly not. <laughs> Clearly you are one of those people because you feel safe enough in the little bits of knowledge that you know, um, which is probably just whatever you learned in Black History Month. Um, but you don't have any action behind it to back it up. And again, like I said, this is a, this is a health crisis that we're going through, losing losing people of color. So I take this very seriously and I take that word very seriously. So, uh, you know, I've, I've told people, you know, don't use that word around me, um, especially if you don't have any type of real, you know, time in the field to, uh, to back it up. You know, that's just using it as a safety net to try to distinguish yourself from the other white people that, you know, don't care. So it's, it's mm. offensive for me. Offensive mm -hmm. for me. Makes sense. So yeah. this was... Thank you. <laughs> my perception of this word being, you know, especially before on the matter of, of race, was it, it was a way, especially in America, where you have this incredibly divisive political landscape, it was the way I heard it used most was as a way for the right to criticize the left by using it as as an insult, basically talking about the woke brigade or woke topia, using it as a way to basically emphasize political correctness as an insult. Yeah. Yeah, and right. so that immediately was like, hang on, like, first of all, even in the definition that, you know, dumb white girl pre on the matter of race would have known woke for, I was like, what is wrong with being woke first of all like why are we criticizing that and then second of all you do not get to use this word <laughs> like you do not get to use this word so let's give people a little bit of background because there's going to be a lot of people listening who are like okay what like what is going on here so to do a little bit of that like summary from the internet and then i am so interested in your guys's perspective basically and of course, please correct me if I get this wrong, but but the idea here is that basically woke was a black activist, like watchword 
um, that has essentially been co-opted by white people, but it came from this idea of keeping an eye out, like keeping vigilant, right, in the in the wake of police brutality. And it was used sort of within the Black community to say, like, kind of keep your head up, like pay attention, like stay woke in terms of paying attention to what's going on around you. Is that, is that right? Is there more nuance that, to that? It, it, it's, it, it, well, it's twofold. So yes, and though, it was a way for us to distinguish ourselves as we, we know our history, we know how uh, we know about systemic racism, we know how it operates, we know that we're being watched, we know that uh, that uh, white people who are uh, who are racist also who are pow in power, really in power and racist, are coming for us and trying to keep us down and trying to keep us uh, away from learning who we are truly, who we truly are in our history. And so it's a, a way to say, are you woke? Do you know what time it is? Mm -hmm. Do you, you understand what's going on in this country in reference to right. Black people and racism? So it was the two things together. I mean, so then another thing you could add is just like I said, are you doing something about it? That's correct. Like we mm. were actually doing something about it. We were forming groups within groups within groups um, just to have these conversations like we are right now. And even that is taking action. And so it's one of those things where, yes, you're aware of all those factors, um, even as a white person, even as BIPOC, right? And yet you're still choosing to fight for the fight. You know, like, that's really what it is. It's not just you're aware of all this stuff and you're just going to float being aware of it or you're going to keep that knowledge to yourself or you're just going to have that knowledge for the sake of saying I have that knowledge right it's about you know being exposed to the truth and doing something about changing it if we're thinking about history and, and generational trauma there's been 400 years of generational trauma at least you know in this country so that means we have 400 years of reversing that to do which takes real people doing real things both big and small daily and yearly and all that other stuff to really change the powers that be in the systems that be. Not um, just in February. Correct. Right. Not just in February. <laughs> not because I had a dream and not just because, you know, because there's a reason you're learning about Martin and not Malcolm. Mm -hmm. There's a reason. Yeah. For that. yeah. So you got to do something like all that talking about it, all that, just thinking about it to yourself literally does nothing. It does nothing. You, you got to get out there in some way, shape or form. You got to be able to say this is wrong in this situation <laughs> or I don't want you using that language. Or if you're at work, how can we instill this type of practice into our facility? Like it, it doesn't matter, but action, right? That's where, you know, people tend to uh, fall off or get scared and don't want to cross that line. But so it should be like a badge of honor for people who are in the know, who are doing the work, and this really applied to people in the Black community and in the BIPOC yeah, it community. Just, it, for me, it just doesn't apply to white people. I think it's been, uh, I, I think that it, it has definitely been uh, taken and used to kind of say, like, I'm down, I'm down with you. I, 
listen, you down with us then, as Justin said, then we know because when we're out there taking action, we look to our right. You're there. You're there. So you know, no, no word necessary, right? And like if you have to say it, it's like yeah. I'm really honest. Honestly, like ooh. right. If if we can have a conversation at, about racism, and you really can have that conversation with us and understand, right? Not just you're not talking about the episodic things. You're not talking about one-time thing. You're not talking about those people over there who are racist or people in the past, but you really understand how racism works on a systemic basis and a structural basis. And then we don't have to worry about your fragility in the conversation. Like you can really have the talk, the conversation, and we can be real with you, then uh, then you're good. You don't need a word. You don't need, if I, I agree with Justin, if you're telling us you woke with like, uh-oh. We're assuming you're not. <laughs> yeah. We're assuming you're not if you feel the need to defend right. so heavily whatever it is you do. I don't have to defend myself. I know what I'm doing every single day and every single night, and it's this work. So when people say, you know, oh, well, you're just whatever, like, you know, what, because I work for my mom, people are like, oh, well, you just work for your mom, you just get the coffee and whatever, as the, as the furthest thing from what I'm doing here. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I don't you have wish. To. You wish. Right. You wish. Right. Like, you no. wish. You wish. <laughs> I'm going to podcast with Nick right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, but, but when that's used and that it, it's often with that, this defensiveness of trying to, to right be down and my thing is bro if you're down you wouldn't be trying to dress like us if you were down truly you wouldn't be trying to talk like us you wouldn't be trying to do all this extra stuff to like prove that you can be you know good in the hood and stuff like that you'd be yourself knowing the realities of your world knowing the realities of the counterparts that you share this world with standing in that and still yet finding a way to build a better tomorrow, um, a more inclusive tomorrow where all cultures truly are appreciated. So we need less, and I speak you know, a lot for my generation, right? But we need less of these white kids sagging their pants, wearing ski masks, you know, trying to look tough and look like us and more of them, you know, dressing however they were brought up to dress and however they like to dress and talking however they were taught to talk. And that's just what it is. And saying, well, here's how we're similar, but how are we different? And how can we bring, how can we bridge those gaps in our differences while still remaining true to who we are? So, you know, it's, it's very much just, uh, it's, a, it's a very triggering word for me. It's a telling word for me if people use that around me. And I hear that a lot. So, you know, yeah. This feels to me a bit like the same feeling I had when in those first levels of On the Matter of Race where you know, or what you would have heard before you start doing the work where people are like, this is about race. And you're looking at the equation, the situation, the event, and you're like, how, how is this about, how is everything about race? You know, like in that, like the state before, you know, yes, <laughs> of like, right. is it kind of like, mm -hmm. I don't, how? And I think for me, it was never like, I don't believe you. But it was like, I don't understand. Like, right. I don't I don't see the pieces in the middle that connect this all together. Right. And I see, I would say about 0.000004% of the pieces now. So it yeah. makes a lot more sense to me. And everything yeah. I see yeah. everywhere, the first question I ask is like, is this about race? Because it 
sure seems like it is. So it does fundamentally change. You know, Nick, I was going to say part of part of what woke was about and uh, I, I think the black community has mixed reviews on it now, of course, because it's being weaponized as well. But a part of what it was about is a saying that we have in the community, which is every skin folk ain't kin folk, mm. meaning every one of us don't understand how racism operates either and can't have the conversation either. So it so it was really about, you know, stay woke. It was really about, yeah, watchful, but also understanding and continuing to learn more about our situation in this country so and also like just not assuming that just because someone might have black skin that they get it that's correct and that's why for me that it's our word because it's in relationship to that it wasn't in relationship to anybody outside of that and Mm. it doesn't mean that white people were not uh in the fight with us it just means that it's because there is white supremacy culture uh, really permeates this notion that everything that anybody else has can be taken and made money or made popular or and it's just yeah for me it's frustrating and and I say frustrating because uh, 60 plus years on this earth and having to deal with all of it, you know, I've passed through the anger mm-hmm. stage, you know, yeah, yeah I'm just frustrated okay. at this point. It's just like, you know, this continues to happen. And so uh, to expound on this point, I want to say what happens, right? Because I think I have a really good uh, way to say that. So I know that everybody isn't uh, in the United States, but in the United States, we just, and I don't know when this is airing, so where this is April, right? Yeah, in April, right? We just- it's my birthday month. No, I don't know when it's- <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, it's taping, but I don't know when she's gonna release no, it. No, drop it. Just talked yesterday about what, what month it was. I know, I know, it's April. No, and I am just... not editing, editing of that out. That is fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making sure she what the hell? <laughs> oh, my Lord. Anyway. It's a evergreen. <laughs> your birthday, Mom. And, <laughs> and we just had the women's basketball championship game. Okay. And so in the game, at the end, Angel Reese, who played for Louisiana State University, which is the team that trounced uh Iowa, uh, and Angel Reese did a hand gesture. I don't, I don't do it well, but it's basically a hand gesture that people had seen before many times. Players did it, and she did it toward the uh, young white woman who is considered the best player, really, in the game, or 
um, certainly one of them, but I've, I've heard her characterize as the best in the game. Her name is Caitlin Clark, and she did it toward her and then pointed like, now I have a ring because we just, we just beat y'all, right? And media went wild. I mean, trying to assassinate this young woman's character because she did this hand gesture, which Caitlin Clark has done many times herself in a game toward another player or just doing, right? The hand gesture is something that she also used, but because Angel Reese did it. After winning. Her, right, winning toward Caitlin Clark, young white girl in basketball. Remember, you, you already know what that means to people, right? Uh, to, to white people who have seen the sport go from entirely white, right? to some of us in there too, almost totally, we dominate in that sport, right? And so, like I said, they tried to assassinate her for this gesture and, and it has been a huge thing. And people who did not even know anything about this weighed in on this in a very ridiculous way. And the fortunate part is that Caitlin Clark said, you know, this is ridiculous. Nobody should be persecuted for this at all. Something we all do. She's a great player. They won like enough. So I say this story to say what happens then is people start to say, well, John Cena made this hand. He's a, a wrestler. Yeah. Uh, and he made this hand gesture popular. Okay. Now, you, what, see, you can't see me. Right. She's, you, she's, she's killing me saying hand gesture. Okay. Go ahead. It's the John Cena, you can't see me. Okay. 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 So now, reference, morning, point of reference. Right. Yes. This morning, I wake up to an interview with John Cena who says, I might have made it popular, but it's not mine. Let me tell you where it comes from. He said, we were doing all of this work and I was doing promos and my son came in and said, yo, you like need to use this gesture. And he's like, what is that? That's ridiculous. I don't want to do it. He said, no, it's fire. And it comes from uh, G Unit, which is a rap group, right? Uh, 50 Cent's right, group. And 50 Cent's video in the club, which is incredibly popular worldwide, it is used in that uh, video. I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the, is it Yiddy? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, Please forgive me if you if you're watching 50, <laughs> if you're watching, right? It's you, it's you by one, uh, one of the artists one of the in the video. Of, yeah, one of the members in and then this this member also has his own video where he is used it, using it too, right? And that's where it came from. So I want to say the reason why I said this in relationship to woke is that this is what tends to happen, right? We do something. Cool. And white people, right, and it's cool. 
And white people then decide, well, if it's cool for them, that's going to be even cooler for me or just as cool for me. They take it. They make it popular, right? Give no credit to, and thank you, John, for giving credit because this interview wasn't a recent one, right? Thank you for giving credit, but you know, apparently that doesn't really matter because it's now taken and used and popularized. And that happens white with person. words, that happens with our music, that happens with our dances, that, it, that, our clothes, it just, our hair, <laughs> hairstyles. I mean, it just, that's what happens. And it's not, just about the credit it's about the fact that some things are not meant for you to take outside of people's culture and it happens to our culture all of the time right and so for me i i just said wow to see the origin of right of you can't see me hand gesture and know that that's what happened to me. It's like, yep, this is so familiar. Of course familiar. it is. Of course it this is. is so familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, and I imagine like it might seem a little bit trivial or or silly to some people with like clothes or a hand gesture from a wrestler. But when we're talking about a word that originally came from black activism to save black lives. <laughs> that seems especially inappropriate and insulting on a deep, mm -hmm. deep level. And I imagine that most people, most white people using this word, I certainly didn't, would have absolutely no idea where it's come from. It just popped up in the popular vernacular with white people, however many years ago, and they feel it's theirs to Correct. own, use. And that's why I tell them when they use it with me, you, you don't tell me. You don't tell me the, the actual black man in America like, you know, there's no convincing through your words, at least. You're convincing me that you're down is through your actions. Mm -hmm. So I love, I love that you can dress like me and you can whatever. You look great. Now, what happens when we get stopped by the police? Yeah. Are you, are you going to use safe? your whiteness in that moment to protect me? Knowing that they're looking at us differently. Do you even have the awareness that they're looking at us differently? Just because you are dressed like me and whatever. And I have so many white friends around me who they are friends, but, you know, I tell them, I'm like, you are nothing but an appropriator. Sorry. I mean, there's no reason for you to be wearing do-rags. There's no reason for you to think that any system in this country is against you and try to convince me that because of your skin color, things are, you know, prohibited from, for, from you from moving forward and progressing in life, you can't convince me a goddamn thing like that. Um, and it's the woke people that love to try to, like I said, distinguish themselves as closer to us as possible without ever really feeling a slither of the emotional uh, stuff that we have to go through. And the one thing I'll say about this Caitlin Clark situation, Iowa getting invited to the White House after I think has to be one of the biggest wait Iowa who lost Iowa who lost oh I'm so sorry yes yeah, so so, Angel so the, the team that LSU. lost got to go to so, the White House so, so LSU first of all you know Joe Biden has come out with this whole thing about they just put on a great competitive game 
and they should and I think we should invite Iowa too. What do y'all think? I'm gonna talk to Joe about it, and that sounds great. Let me just give you, you know, some clear signs of the fragility that exists <laughs> in this moment. First of all, Iowa lost as as amazing as as Caitlin Clark is, and I'm telling you, uh, the Steph Curry of women's basketball right now. I swear to God, like she's gonna go number one in the draft. She's gonna absolutely take over whatever WNBA team that she plays for, and she will bring more views, more revenue to that league because of her play. That's that's something that's undisputable. She's been putting up thirty a game for the entire season, let alone whooping people in the uh, in the championship game and in the um, tournament. And she has that dog in her, you know, where if you can't shoot, she'll leave you. She'll leave you, and she'll wave you off and say, "Let her shoot." She'll, she'll hit a three from 40 feet out and she will do this. Like, you know, you can't mess with me, right? So so she's she's that girl. She's that woman. She's it, right? However, when we're talking about a great competitive game, the only competitive parts that happened in that game were simply the hand gestures and the talking trash. Iowa lost by 15. So I don't really think a 15-point loss is as competitive as we've seen in other championship games where it goes down to literally the last possession. It's this shot goes in and this teammate and wins it or great play, but you guys came up a possession short. So that's one thing. Iowa got, I'm sorry, their ass kicked. It was not a, it was not a competitive game. It really wasn't. Then you want to talk about all this backlash that Angel Reese has faced, right? She now... Now, let's um, be clear. Angel Reese is black, right? Angel Reese is black. Yes. Just to make and it clear for everyone listening who doesn't Angel know Angel Reese is black. She plays for LSU. She led <laughs> LSU um, to the national championship where they won Caitlin Clark, best player in women's basketball, college basketball right now, but as well led her team to the championship game. She's white and they lost. Now, with this invitation, right, it's not only ridiculous and a clear sign of white fragility because you have to, you'd have to go back in history and give me a time in which a losing team was invited to the White House alongside a winning team to celebrate the competitive nature of a 15-point loss or anything of that nature. Please, if anyone watching has that documented somewhere, where a losing team gets to go meet the president after getting their butts kicked, please bring that to my attention because I'm telling you, other professional athletes will tell you, that's not a thing. When you win, you go to the White House. When you lose, sorry, make your adjustments and come back stronger next year. And it starts in that moment as the other team is celebrating and going on their parades. So Angel Reese doesn't even get to enjoy her captaincy in leading her team to such a victory because Jill Biden is so focused on making sure Caitlin Clark and everyone else feels comfortable. Yes. And my thing is- And Iowa, right? Is a very important state. And Iowa. And Iowa. Very important state. If you look at their rosters too, LSU is a dominantly black team Iowa is a dominantly white team. I was so it's ask not you about a that. lot of white faces going to the White House 
when they show up. And they already declined the invite because of this. And I don't blame them. And it's one of those things too, where Caitlin Clark herself, you wanna talk about being woke, you wanna talk about being down. Caitlin Clark said herself, knowing she is the best thing to happen to women's basketball, I'm sorry, since Lisa Leslie, especially on a college level, she has said herself, we got beat. <laughs> we, they're a great team. I'm a competitor. I'm a competitor. Angel Reese and that entire team, along with their great coach, Kim something, I forgot her name, but she's led LSU to numerous championship games before. So she's got her own resume. They're an established program. So she said, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do that. They beat us. It wasn't close. She knows who she is. She knows how her career is gonna go, how her future is gonna go. The reality is, I'm sorry, she probably will mean more to a team than Angel Reese in the future. But she's saying, we're not gonna take this moment away from them in the fact of they beat us. The, the game wasn't close. I did my thing, we did our thing, they did theirs, they came out on top. This is pretty ridiculous. I just wanna wish them the best. And, and that's the way that you should be handling it. Yes. That's the way that you show that you are down because she knows her power, she knows her privilege, she knows also all of her skill, she knows what she's worked towards, she knows what her future holds, and yet she, she still can recognize, I, I came up short, I came up short, I can pull up from here, I can pull up from there, I can be seen as this, I can be seen as that, I'm not a national champion though. That's that's theirs, and they get to own. And that. I don't they, deserve to go to the White House because I didn't. I don't deserve to go to the White House. I didn't perform on the day. It didn't. It wasn't enough. Yeah. So, so if you want to talk about white fragility at its finest, Jill Biden inviting Iowa to come celebrate a loss by numerous possessions, I would be actually insulted if I was on Iowa saying, "You want to celebrate." where I got my ass kicked in front of 9.8 million viewers, which was the most that that tournament for women has ever brought in, in terms of views and revenue. Do you want me to celebrate my loss? Cause you think it's gonna make me feel better, right. sister, <laughs> auntie, And grandma. why, why do they need to be made to feel better? What other right. like right. team of they any kind is getting anything. a pat on the head from the president saying, oh, it's all right, good luck next time. They <laughs> haven't said anything or done anything but what real sportsmanship and competitiveness is about. We competed, they came out on top, they beat us, we see them again, it'll be a different story. But until then, right. it, until then, this is their moment. That's right. So that's a real sign of being down, of being, you know, really, not even gonna use the word because that's just gonna enable y'all to use things. But <laughs> damn it, it, that's really being down. That's really getting it. They lost, they don't get rewarded for coming to That's to really see amazing. I didn't know any of that was happening. Yeah, that's it's, been it's the funniest here. thing I've ever it's seen in my big. life it's because big. it was a competitive game. They lost and by 15. What you're seeing like in social media. So just to tie this back, like I remember, I forget which year it was probably cause I blocked it out. But when there was like the massive storm on the Capitol, right? Mm -hmm. And we see thousands of white guys not getting shot by police <laughs> as terrorists on a federal building, right? 
I remember it was surprising to me how much my feeds, my Facebook, my Instagram was like, this would be a very different scene if these people were not white and everyone was saying it. And I was surprised that that was a major sentiment that I was seeing. I'd never seen that before where people yeah. were immediately making that race connection. Are you seeing that with this on social media, online? Are people making that connection and being Absolutely. like, whoa, guys, not cool. Absolutely. Up in the professional world, people are making these connections. And it's sad because one of the people making these these connections for people is Angel Reese, <laughs> who should be able to just hoist her trophy up, smoke mm. a cigar with her 2023 national championship hat on, and just you know, just like and chill, other, like just enjoy chill, it, like any other champion would. Mm. But she's now gotta go she's on. Gotta do the work and do the and educating, do the, work, do the educating, do the explaining. To where she's now, she she's tired enjoying it. Mm -hmm. It's not that she's tired of. She's tired while right. she's enjoying it. She's drained while she's enjoying it. She's exhausted. She's having to convince when it's damn it, no, we played better. And she can't just be a winner. Home. She's now this black winner, right? Black she's black now- winner, Black woman winner who's got her hair done, who's got her hands done. Poor sportsmanship. No, that's, that's what it is. She's now this black winner who has poor sportsmanship. You should have never lauded it in front of our, uh, our heroes face. <laughs> face. That's right. No, no, no. Uh, I will say that I've, I'm on LinkedIn a lot and there's been conversation. I, I will say the media has definitely, oh my goodness, they, they, the, no, the connections have not been made in most of the media. I have seen a couple of things. I have seen a couple of uh, men's basketball players come out and say, you, you've got to be kidding, be kidding me. me. But they've been black. You know, you got to be kidding me. This is this is basketball. This is the sport, right? Uh, this is what you do. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's what Caitlin Clark said and her coach. And, you know, that's what you do. This is part of it. She said, in fact, for me, it just makes that the game more fun to be hit that way, right? Well, to that be rivalry. That yeah. way. But I think that there have been folks on social media. I don't know. I haven't seen a tremendous amount of white people, but there have been white people. There have been people from other uh, racial groups who have who are, who get it clearly. It's just no. This is what this is happening here. We get we understand that. And I just read today too that during the parade, the uh, LSU coach, who you said was a great coach, did it as well. She she used the the hand gestures. <laughs> yeah, so just to say, come on. Doesn't matter. Right. We're champions. Yeah, we're champions. We earned it. Right. Ha ha. If this really, if this, <laughs> like that, now really, go like, go crazy. Go right about me doing it. Yeah. Right. Do what you say, say. What you say. Do what you want. Everyone who's anyone who really gets it and really knows knows that this is ridiculous. It's their moment. Let them have it. Let them shine. You're not taking that away from them all for some white fragility. Right. Nope. Mm, nope. That's Jill Biden talking about that. So let's. That's I, have, I have a question kind of tying this all together for, you know, the, the white people in the room who are maybe even a little confused by this. I think the intention so often you were talking about, you know, your friends trying to be down and trying to dress like you and talk like you. And 
in that, I think there's probably some well-intentioned bonding that they're trying to create, right? They're trying to say, I like you, I respect you, I want to be like you because I admire you. I think you're cool and I want to be cool like you. So there's some of that, especially if they are true, good, genuine friends, where white people don't really know how to, white people who've not been doing the work don't Mm. really know how to express to black people that they've just met, which is where a lot of those microaggressions come in, or who they kind of know that I like you, I think you're cool, I respect you, I admire you. Like, can we talk for a second about some appropriate ways <laughs> for white people to right. act in black spaces or in black in friendships with you? Like, what would you think is cool and acceptable and friendly and kind? I think one of the things I think of is this like microaggression around um, commenting on hair. Yeah, I think one of the reasons I think white people do that is because I think there's this immediate desire for a white person who's just suddenly come in the space of a black person, whether it's meeting someone at a conference or sat around a table at a friend's dinner party where you want to say something nice and you have a genuine admiration and affection and interest in the hair, let's say. And so it seems logical to that white person to be like, man, your hair is so beautiful. I really love it. Which has become a problem with the hair compliment. I I seldom get that without the touching it or can I touch it? Right. That's the the line. That is absolutely the line. I because I honestly (laughs) don't understand that unless it's just uh, unless you look at us as less than human. Because when when do you reach out and touch? And that has happened to me so many times. And then I've had white people offended when they ask if they can touch it, and I say no. And uh, it's just I I don't say devil's advocate for a second. I will say because I have curly hair, people do touch my curls when they're like, oh, I love your hair, they do immediately reach out and touch it. But that is not something that is happening from a whole group to a whole nother group all the time. Like, and I think also there's this, also this behavior, there's this familiarity with white people where we think we own everything, right? Like we are entitled to everything all the time. So Mm -hmm. while a, a white person might reach out and touch my hair, probably a person of color never would because they have boundaries <laughs> yeah. right? and respect for other people's personal space in a way that a white person might not. It's also this whole uh, historical love hate thing with us right? Because you'll turn mm, around like and then tell me and my then... hair is not professional. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. why we have to get the, have the crown act passed because we were being discriminated against when we wore our hair natural, what, right. you know? So it, it's that thing. Or you'll go to Jamaica and get your hair cornrowed yeah. yeah. at, you know, hey, that provides a, a a living for a lot of people over there. So I'm not against that. But then when you come back and you want to just tell me, you know, how isn't my hair beautiful? It's like yours now. I think for me, you know, cause with young people, right? You'll see it a lot in clothes. You'll see it a lot, you know, you'll see it with hair, just not as much, but more clothes and like how they talk. 
Um, so I think for me, the thing that pisses me off is the clothing. So this is a very specific, you know, thing or a hypothetical that I'm alluding to. You know, I'm not saying that this is everyone's experience that's watching mm -hmm. and whatever, right? But when you leave a penthouse in Midtown, New York, right? And you go to my neighborhood dressed like me to do whatever it is we're doing in my neighborhood, right? Shooting hoops, playing video games, whatever it is, chilling outside, right? Looking like me, talking like me, acting like me, to then go back to your penthouse and almost like take your costume off. <laughs> That's for me where I'm like, right. oh, you're down. You're not really down. There's right, just something what you're saying. That you this want. is just something you do on Tuesday when this, you come to visit me. This is, you just want to, you, you honestly just want to look cool. Uh, want to blend. Presentation, presentation for, for the white collective is huge. Um, the way you present, the way that, you know, the, the there's, this per, there's this level of perfectionism that's in white supremacy that we touched on, right? So it's more like, you know, in said situations, I, I'm going to present as best as possible, act as whatever perfect as possible, right? Yeah. When that's just, uh, that's the last thing I think you should be doing. If you're white and you live in Tribeca and yet you're walking around with a ski mask on your face as if you have any reason to be hiding your identity <laughs> from anyone, as if you're being hunted from anyone, <laughs> For any reason, I'm sorry, you're a joke. Uh, if you're white and you live in one of these areas, Midtown New York, and you're sagging your pants wherever you go, even with a belt on, I'm sorry, where'd you learn that? And I'm not saying it's good that my people do that. I'm saying my people have their own shit. So leave, leave my people's shit for my people and leave your stuff for your people and let's come together to, as I said, bridge gaps and embrace the similarities. However, that doesn't mean me, you know, coming into my private white institution in boat shoes and khakis. I'm gonna be dressed just like how I am, present just how I am, because that's where I come from and that's who I am, and I'm proud of who I am. So a lot of times when I see that too, I'm thinking you don't have enough pride in yourself to even feel strong enough, confident enough to wear what you wear, talk how you talk, maybe get clowned for it here and there, but to stand firm in who you are, and when you go home, you're that same person. I really have seen these kids be two different people in, in two different environments. Mm. And my thing is, you're white. You don't have to code switch. I we've do. talked about this, though, haven't we? Where, like, a lot of white people feel like they have no culture. So they're constantly going around borrowing slash stealing slash appropriating everybody else's because they want to feel culture. some sense of identity that they feel is visible or tactile or has music or food or dress or whatever right. that they feel like they don't have. Right. And and that's a, sadly become your culture, taking things and running with them, capitalizing off of them, not giving uh, credit to where credit is due. Mm -hmm. That has sadly become your culture. Yeah. And people people happily are willing to well, it's keep worked for a long time, hasn't it? <laughs> to keep up with the culture, but not say, well, yeah, that's what I'm Hang doing. On. Yeah. And it's, it's a joke. It's like, so you know you're sagging your pants. You know 
No one's watching you. No one's coming after you. You're not hunted the way that even I am. And I'm corporate. I'm, I'm on a podcast talking about racism and dogs. And I'm still, <laughs> I'm still hunted. I'm still, I'm still looked at as an actual thug. You should be safe, act- Justin. <laughs> I should be damn safe. And I'm, and I'm sick of these kids using, um, um, knowing they're safe, but trying to like throw it away. It's yeah, like, yeah. Why? it makes no sense, bro. I wish I had your safety. Because yeah. if I did, I wouldn't be acting that way. I'd act safe. I'd act like I know my role and I know my privilege and I know my whatever. And again, I'm someone who's about action. So I would say from there, I'm not, that's, I'm not everyone is like me. I'm not like everyone else, right? But from there, if I was in that position, I would say, how can I help someone else feel some of this safety that yeah. I'm feeling all Instead the time. of like trying to, you know, feeling shame and trying to shrug off, shrug off some of this privilege and pretend I don't have it. Like, how can I use the just privilege look, I have? Just to yeah. look cool or yeah. come like you're down or it's all about perception. Because you're not fooling everybody, anybody, right? Like, privilege anyone. is still there in your saggy pants. <laughs> I have to remind my friends, you are white. I don't care how many times you come to my neighborhood. I don't care how many people in my neighborhood say this kid's down because when it goes down that's when we're all looking at you so as you being the white kid and there's eight of us who look like me and the police are coming around we're not looking to each other on some who's gonna save us we're looking at at each other like who's gonna survive this right now who's not getting booked whereas you could immediately knowing this bubble that is around you can easily step in front and say, well, you know, it ain't going that way. We're going to, we're going to talk about this, but you know, I've yet to, I have, I have one or two white friends in my, in my uh, world right now who I can say have done that, who have stepped in front of a situation with some, with some friends of color and said, you know, this is, this ain't how it's going to go. All this animosity, all this stuff. And those are the people who to me can happily come to whatever, barbecue cookout whatever it is that we're throwing those are the people that can come to the cookout not they get the, the bennies <laughs> right not the people who try to look like look like you know they can fit into the neighborhood and they don't know what to come to the cookout means oh, so <laughs> that's another way of saying you're down like you know the the black community truly you know feels as if we are safe around you and that you can come around us in our territory, in our parts, and wherever we live, right? And um, again, we can indulge in conversation that's real. We can, you know, there's there's no there's no walking on eggshells with each other. It's just genuine human connection and vibe. And it's sad that we have to make that into a phrase that people have to then, you know, work to it's like we should just be naturally the humans that we are embracing mm. our differences but staying um embracing our similarities but staying in our difference and living our difference um you know I, it's just it's insulting it's insulting and i tell them it's insulting and i say i don't care how many people you could go find a black friend right after we hang up off the phone who's gonna say oh yeah that guy's tripping it doesn't make it doesn't make you less white. <laughs> like, it doesn't make you less privileged. It doesn't make you less protected, bubbled. And just, you know, if you haven't tapped in how to, how to use it, that doesn't mean that you, have, that you don't have it. That just means you haven't learned the systems 
and the tricks that be that your other white uh, friends, uh, brothers, sisters, aunties, whatever, um, have learned to then progress themselves. Because if you think about it, everyone says, well, why can't this community just move ahead? Why can't this community just move ahead? Why? And why is it that only this community is moving ahead? Because it's built that way. And you're not ever gonna say to me that it's not like that. And and just because, again, like I said, just because you haven't unlocked the secrets doesn't mean that you know they're not there and that they're not accessible to you over Let's me. Let's talk about the you. secret really quick because you know I asked earlier a question around like instead of these little microaggressions and insulting gestures, like what is the right thing for white people to do in the presence of new black people, black people who are long-term friends? And I think, you know, you've really eloquently explained that the answer here is be a safe person to be around. <laughs> and that fundamentally can't happen without some education, right? Without yeah. understanding some of these things and doing the work. I feel like this is another instance of like, I just want a checklist, right? Like, just tell me the yeah. three things I can say and do. And it's not that simple, right? That I've heard no, from you guys over and over again, the value okay. of being a safe white person. And that is yeah. not something you can go do in like a week or over the weekend, right? It's not that simple. No. It takes actual work. Yeah. It takes actual coming back. You know, it, it's not a job, right? It's not, you know, we're not saying it's a job, but there's a responsibility to being a safe white person. You know, if you are around people of color, and that's that's not even getting into the comrade ally anti-racist uh, conversation that's no. just are you that's a person the, that's, that's safe to have conversations with and same. safe when shit goes down right literally dipping the toe into the water is is those two questions and if you even have to think we have no reason to be in in contact and i do and i'm i'm harsh i'm harsh like that and i'm harsh like that because i'm 21 about to be 22 this month Hey, um, birthday month. <laughs> <laughs> right. And while that's a beautiful thing, I recognize year after year that target on my back is only getting bigger. Doesn't matter what suit I wear, how dressed the nines I am, what's on my resume, because there is a lot on my resume, even at 21. I'm still a black man in this country, and I'm a black man in this country who doesn't keep his mouth shut. I'm a black man in this country who tells the truth. And we know that in this country, you know, the truth and, um, you know, honestly, silence and, and complacency and all that other stuff is uh, stuff that we try to protect more than our First Amendment rights to, to protest and to <laughs> say, I don't agree and this is wrong, right? And so it, it, it's not a job, but again, if you have a lot of people of color in your life and you, the, your life experiences are just so different. It's so different. And if you're not at least questioning, I, I, you know, if you really want stuff to do, ask questions and listen more than talk in the rooms or in the, in the environments of where you're around more people of color than, than white people. Ask questions, ask about who they are. Ask about like we're humans too, right? We clearly already established, you know, dogs have more of a role uh, in a family than a black man, you know, protecting and leading his family. And we should protect that, right? But we're humans too. We got families too. We got children too that we love. You know, this is a prime example. And so 
just like you would say, you know, oh, that's so awesome to, you know, whatever it is that your white friend says, oh, that's so cool. That's so interesting. Oh, that's so whatever. Tell me more. Just give that opportunity to us. And I think you'll find that, you know, we got, we got some cool stuff to say and some cool stuff to put out there. So we're human too. Treat us like you. I mean, that's pretty basic. Yeah, pretty basic. Pretty basic. And I want to say, stop going for the cool. We're actually really very bright. We're, in, we're intelligent. We're smart. We're witty. We, uh, we have a, a history that a lot of people don't know. We're inventors and, you know, creators. And, uh, so the, the even with the chains, the, even the with cool, the whatever, yeah, what? the cool factor is it, you know, there's certain narratives that just come with our community thanks to uh, racism. And, and so we are allowed to be cool, that we could be, but to really acknowledge the fullness of who we are, oh, you know, against the narratives of, of thug and angry black woman and all, you know, all of the things that present us as people to either fear or to have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Fetish. I love fetish that. Fetish. Oh my God. That's a whole other. I, I was going to say episode. earlier, we are going to do an episode. That is an episode. <laughs> Nick, oh my God. That is an episode. I'm 21 <laughs> and I have stories that are. Ugh. So. Maybe can, not with your mom, that one. <laughs> yeah. 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 Holy, oh my God. It's like, just come on, bro. Oh my gosh. All yeah, right. We I'm are going to have to do an episode about the apps. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 All right, guys. Um, oh man, Doctor Lin, any any final thoughts here? Doctor. Yes, my final thought is, please stop using the word. <laughs> please, uh, if you are doing the work and you and you know that you have been in and continue to be in conversations and doing and educating yourself and learning, right? Uh, because it uh, unfortunately doesn't just apply to uh, racism, right? The word woke is applied across the spectrum of diversity work. Uh, but please just understand that everything isn't up for grabs, right? And some things I say, some things are very sacred to the culture. And if nothing else, do the research then and find out where it came from. And then please make up your mind that, you know what? It's a word that I don't have to incorporate. I don't right? need it. I don't and there's it. lots of those, aren't they? Like, you know, finding out about like grandfathered in and some of these other things that we say all the time. And I find that one in particularly challenging because there isn't a great synonym no. alternative. Like how do you, oh. I've, I'm keep, I'm still looking for how to say that succinctly without saying it. Right. Um, maybe we'll do an episode on some of those. Cause I think we do need to do more research about the words that we use all the time without thinking about it or knowing like really the impact of what it means to you know some of those origins are really profound so there's an easy google there of like what things should i not be saying in 2023 and find that list of uh words that are more controversial than you think they are there's yeah. your checklist <laughs> absolutely absolutely all right guys thank you so much for joining me this was a really great conversation i really appreciate you being willing to take it on for us 
Come on, man. We love you, Nick. We're here anytime you need us. That was great. Love the conversation. And if you're white using woke, I'm sorry. You probably haven't either done a damn thing or enough for the black community. So again, join on the matter of race. Get is involved. The, is your is how you come off more important than who you are? That's all I'm gonna leave you with. That's all yeah. I'm gonna leave you yeah. with. Yeah, and join on the matter of race. Yeah, it's a perfect place That's to learn. It. Yeah. That's it. Cool. All right. See you guys later. Yeah. Okay. Bye.